What's up? <laughs> Fuck! That is such a good song! Motherfucker! <laughs> I know um, if that was too loud as like a, you guys are probably leaning in trying to listen to what song that was and then you just heard me scream but fuck it's a good song I'm gonna talk about that later but hey it's Zayden Targo Jones here you're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday the 25th of September oh 2018 baby that's a can of coke opening listen to this this is I fucking am so addicted to coke man I'm telling you Oh, oh my God. What a life, huh? What a fucking life. I am in a hotel room in Sydney. It's, fuck, what's the name of this hotel? They, um, (laughs) they pitched it as like, I got here yesterday and Blake was waiting out the front for me. Uh, it doesn't even say. What? Surely it's written around here somewhere. The fucking eight hotels, but it's not called the eight hotels. No. They don't even have the name of the fucking hotel on any of the stuff. What? Chill out. Okay, wait, maybe it's got it on the water. Something? No. No. It's nowhere. Okay. Well, all right. Fuck them. This is, I'm in some hotel. Wait, no, it's got to be over here. Yeah, yes, the Ultimo. I mean, the Ultimo Hotel in Sydney. Um, and uh, I was waiting, I came in yesterday. So, all right, I flew into Melbourne at like 6.30 on Sunday morning. Um, I was still a little jet lagged. Jet lag's kind of weird, isn't it? Because it's like, you don't, like I had 6.30 and then I, on Sunday, and then I kind of fucked around in the house for a bit and then had a nap until like, four went and did some gigs came home at like 11 and then slept and then got up at 5 a.m on monday morning i couldn't sleep anymore went for a run came home made breakfast had like tea on the couch uh went to this meeting that i had and then just kind of fucked around got on the plane to sydney um and there's the tea Got on my plane. I got to the airport mad early because I just didn't really have anything to do. So I was like, oh, I'll, um, I'll fucking, just a sec. <clears throat> I'll get there early. So I got there at like 12.30. My flight was at like 4. Um, and I'm like waiting. I like check in everything and I'm waiting next to my gate on my laptop just doing some stuff. And, uh, and then I get an email. I'm at the airport. Like I've checked in. I've got my boarding pass. And I get an email from Jetstar going, hey, your flight's been cancelled due to engineering something, something, something. And uh, I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, I have a gig in Sydney at fucking 8.30 that I need to be at. I can't really be, you know, 
any more than like two hours of delay and I'm fucked. And this is a gig that I already pulled out of in March when I, did, I was supposed to come here, but I fucked up my flights. It's Cafe Lounge. It's like one of the best gigs in the city. Um, and I had to pull out of it already. So the guy's probably got a bit of a, like, if I pulled out again, it would have been like, who the fuck is this dude? And why does he keep pulling out of my gig? Fuck it. I just won't book him, you know? So I, um, I go back out and I select my flight and it's like a Qantas flight at, at like five. It's okay. It's only like legit, like 50 minutes later. It's fine. Um, and I get to the Qantas terminal and they're having a stressful time because like evidently everyone's changed to Qantas. So they're like, people are yelling at them and shit. And I quickly like the first interaction I had with them was like, I'm sorry. I just, my flight was canceled. And the lady is already just like, yes, I understand. sir." And I'm like, oh, okay, you're having the worst time. So I quickly kind of tried to fix my attitude a little bit to be like, Hey, um i hope you're okay yeah just whenever you're ready like i really need this fixed but like please you know um and then i sit down (laughs) and like the boarding passes aren't ready yet because it hasn't gone through the system or whatever which for okay i can understand hasn't gone through the system but how fucking hard is it to put it through the system like surely i went online in my email, and it goes, pick a replacement flight, I pick one, I select it, surely that's the end, surely it goes through the system now, and it goes to a person, I don't know, like, how long can it possibly take, do they need to, I guess someone's sitting behind a desk somewhere, and they need to put my details in, so it's like, in person, but surely me just, Jetstar, uh, Jetstar and Qantas are different airlines, I guess, so they got to talk to each other. I don't know. It really took, it took like an hour and a half, and I was like, this is a long time. Surely it takes like 20 minutes, you know? But um, anyway, I'm sitting next to this guy. I sit down, and I'm like waiting for all the boarding passes to come. And uh, I sit next to this guy, and he's like one of these, he's like, because it's a domestic flight, it's only like an hour or whatever, an hour and a half. And so people are going on like wearing suits. Like no one's like, you know, coming with their fucking like tracksuit pants and all those f- like fishermen's pants and shit. Disgusting fucking stuff that people wear on long haul flights. I've fu- man, the, the, you really see the scum of people come out on a long haul flight. Like, oh, I need more, more of this coke. Oh, god damn it. Like, people will be on, <coughs> on like, an intercontinental flight. You pe- you see people, like, waiting to fucking um, go through the security scan, and they have, like, they're wearing, like, slippers, and they've got their face mask already on, like, pulled up over their, <laughs> over their forehead, and those fucking pillows that don't do anything, and it's just, like... <laughs> they're like one step away from actually just taking their pants off and fucking scratching their ass in public um but people on like a domestic flight actually have some self-respect because they're like i'm only going away from the world for an hour and a half i better still keep my fucking ears about me you know um so i sit down next to this guy and he's got a suit on and he's like a like a late 20s businessy type guy and he's going like you know, I, he's on the phone and he's livid. He is fuming. He's just like got his flight cancelled like me. And he's like, I, w- I want to know what's going on. I want to know what is going on down at, at, at Jetstar because this is really disappointing. And I mean, is it something, you know, two flights 
in as many months cancelled because of engineering requirements and i mean is there is your engineering team not 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 up to scratch is there some sort of a problem down there and he's like really enunciating all of his words and i'm like yeah we get it dude you went to a fucking private school and you're trying to let everyone know that you're important like oh it was so much man and um he just kept going like you know this is really disappointing and uh, it's just it, it, it it's left an indelible mark on your on your uh, on your fine organization and i i you know i used to go around and tell people that jetstar it's a really good company and they're really up to date and they're they really look after their customers but this this has left a mark and i just it's completely unacceptable it's really not all, and i'm like dude it's 50 minutes I've got a meeting. I've got a meeting that I was going to go to and now I can't go to my meeting. That's just some shit that people fucking say. Like, I would have said, I said that. I was just like, I was going to say that if shit didn't work out. I was going to be like, hey, I've got a gig and I was just going to lie and be like, yeah, it's for 200 bucks. So I want some compensation for that. If I didn't make it, that's what I would have said. And it's like, that's totally what this guy's doing. You don't have a fucking meeting as soon as you step off the plane, cunt. And if you do, that's your fault for booking a flight that, like, is, that, like, packing your schedule so tight. Do you know what I mean? Like, because there's going to be delays. You're an irresponsible person if you pack your schedule so tight that a 50-minute delay means you miss a very, very important meeting. A very important meeting. <laughs> Fucking loser. And that made me feel so much better. That drained all of my anger away because i was like if i get angry i'm like this guy and i don't want to be like this guy so i sat next to him and uh and <laughs> i like wrote a thing on my instagram story about this fucking retard and just um just sat there kind of loving it to myself going like pleading for the person on the phone to be a dick and hang up on him <laughs> if, <laughs> oh, i would have been so good if he got hung up on he would have Fucking, he would have combusted if he'd gotten hung up on, man. That would have been... I think he actually might have cried. Not because he was going to miss any made-up meeting that he had, but because he just wasn't going to get his way. Like, fuck, it was so good. I've got a dilemma here, guys. I don't know whether to drink my tea, which is warm but, but rapidly cooling, or drink my Coke, which is amazing. Uh, I think I'm going to drink the Coke. Oh my god, how is it so good? I'm sorry I keep burping. I'm sorry I keep yawning. I'm sorry. I'm just sorry, okay? I'm just sorry that I'm me. I wish I could be someone else, but I'm not. <sighs> oh, I read, um, I finished reading Pimp last week. That's how you guys I got that book? That book out of the fucking, um, out of the Dave Chappelle special, man. Dave Chappelle's last special, The Bird Revelation, the one in uh, the comedy store that he recorded in the comedy store in LA. And it's not really like as fun. Well, I like it at the best out of all of the four specials that he released last year. Just stop and remember that. That dude released four specials last year. What a fucking insane output. Um, but I like it better. But um, I've shown it to people who aren't comics and they don't really like it as much, you know? Um but he talks about all Me Too stuff and and um, just talks about like speaking reckless. I don't know. I've, go watch the podcast. I, watch the podcast. Go watch the special. But right at the end of it, 
the kind of closing story that's like the showpiece of the whole special. He talks about this book, Pimp, by uh, Robert Beck, uh, a.k.a. Iceberg Slim, and he was like a pimp in the 40s in Chicago. I don't know that that was in the book. He was a pimp some, like all over America in the 40s. And um, my mate, I was having a beer with my mate, and he had a copy, but he hadn't seen the special. He just t- started telling me about this book, and I was like, the book from the fucking Dave Chappelle special? And he was like, oh, I, I don't know. And I was like, no, that's the book from the Dave Chappelle special. I'm following you home tonight so I can get that and fucking ha- and take it. And he was like, dude, fuck yeah, you know. Um, so I got the book. I read it. It's not really the same as Dave Chappelle portrays it in the special. Or it kind of is, but it's evident that me, like, me and Dave Chappelle took a lot of different things from the book. It's not so much... I almost read it as like a book about race in america kind of because it's the story of this guy it's called i think the telling thing is the the subheading for the story so it's called pimp the story of my life by iceberg slim so it's not pimp like a story of my life or like pimp you know like a part of my life because he was a pimp for 25 years but then he's had a whole other life with his family afterwards but he's still it's the story of my life like he sees himself and his life's great work as pimping you know um, and it talks about his childhood and his upbringing and how his mom was this person who, like, loved him but couldn't be selfless for him and couldn't, couldn't like, make selfless... <coughs> oh, I've been wanting to sneeze for so long. It's Bodily Functions Podcast today. <laughs> Hold up just a second, guys. I'm going to take a shit. <laughs> Imagine if I took a shit on the pod. <laughs> I promise you, I will never, ever do that. That's fucking disgusting. Any cunts who take shits on the phone, Phil Portellos, my best mate, I'm looking at you, cunt. Taking shits on the phone. It's no good. I can't, no, I'm not that open with my butt. My butt's open to a bunch of stuff, but not socialising, alright? Not casual conversation. (laughs) Um... Uh, anyway, yeah, I don't, to be honest, I don't even find poo that funny. <laughs> nah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, his mum was this lady, uh, Iceberg Slim, his mum was this lady who couldn't, um, yeah, she just couldn't make selfless decisions for him and she made all these bad decisions and kind of, like, he was just tagging along for his whole childhood and there were flashes of moments where he could have been happy, <coughs> but because mainly of decisions that she made he was unhappy and uh, he ended up hating society and hating white people and then he kind of saw pimping i.e uh uh convincing and coercing black women into um uh selling their fucking selling their bodies and giving him the money he saw that as like a, a political act because of his broken worldview and he talks about this in the book and he 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 talks about how the black pimps in America, like the first pimps were like, they didn't have anything, but they had the control. They, they figured out how to control women and then use women to take power away from uh, the white man or like, you know, legitimate society. Um, it's really fucking sad, man. It's a really sad book. Um, he just talks about how he did it. The life that he led, he went to jail five times. Uh, I don't know, man. I would, I would fucking recommend it to anyone who's interested in in um, 
I don't know, maybe like just the the roots of the uh, like racial tensions in America or just this one facet of it or even just like crime because like that pimping is like like from the 40s kind of begat the the like 80s 90s like crime culture that was popularized in hip-hop which is still like very much part of our society today um and all of the language that goes with it and like everything man like this is yeah it's just a uh, you can totally see from the way that he talks in the book. And, like, Iceberg Slim is clearly a fucking smart dude who knows his audience, know who's, knows, like, the people who are reading the book don't really know about this world, but they're interested in it enough that he uses the kind of language in the book. Like, he, he's, he writes as if he's talking um, with all the slang and everything. And there's a glossary in the back of some of the terms, but he doesn't fucking slow it down for you. He doesn't, every time he uses a new term, go like, oh, so this means this and blah, blah, blah. No, he just fucking starts and you've got to keep up um, because he knows that if you're interested enough in it, you're going to go along with it. And then that like gets you lost in the world. And you feel like you're fucking talking to this guy and he's like having conversations with all the pimps. And uh, am I allowed to say hoes? <laughs> The, the pimps and the prostitutes, um, sex workers, I don't fucking know, man, back in the day, I don't know, it's a great book, I would have thoroughly recommend it, honestly, check it out, Pimp by Iceberg Slim. And that's the end of the fucking coke. Um, let's do some music. Music. Music, music. <laughs> Do I sing on every pod? I think I sing on almost every pod. I'm just so free. Man, that, alright, the song at the start was September Rose by Kaylin Russo. Russo? Russo. Fuck, it's a good song. Want to hear it again? God, her voice is so fucking sexy. Um, I don't know where I heard it, but she's dope, man. Uh, her Instagram, C-A-I-L-I-N-R-U-S-S-O. Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, what's she got? 466,000. Man, Kaylin Russo, like on, on Spotify, she's only got three tracks out and that's from 2017. She's got September Rose, Pink Sand and Hierarchy. And then evidently, I just did a little bit of reading. <coughs> Fuck me. Um, I just did a little bit of reading, and um, it's uh, she's just started a new band called Russo, and it's like a punk band. So evident, like her dad, right? Where is it? Her dad was in some punk band in, uh, I guess, the eighties and nineties, and. Um, Unwritten Laws, yes, daughter of Unwritten Laws, Scott Russo, or Russo, going back to her punk roots with a new act, and I just checked out one of the fucking songs, and it's sick, dude, it's kind of like garbage, you remember garbage, it's kind of like that, it's got like that fucking, like, gutsy oomph to it, it's not really, I don't know, maybe it is punk, and I don't know what punk is, but I was scared that it was going to be like, like, speedy crap. It's not. Um, the song's called Lonely. That's a fucking sick song as well. But September Rose, man, has been fucking my shit up all week. I cannot stop listening to it. I hope you guys liked it at the start. I hope it didn't annoy you when I was singing over it. 
um it's it's just a fucking amazing pop song and then check out her punk band as well um go on her instagram she's so hot she's fucking gorgeous <laughs> i love following her <laughs> and i also love following her on instagram <laughs> I love following her down the street, to the shops, uh, home, in her house, hiding under her fucking table with a knife, and just waiting and sitting there, and just really soaking up, you know, like, her, her vibe. Oh, look, there's a picture of her, 22nd of July, with her tongue out, licking the flame from a cigarette lighter, and she's not wearing makeup, she's just a beautiful woman, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah fuck man check that song out uh, oh that's what I was going to say at the start of this that you all are probably annoyed about what's the hotel called again what's it called Ultimo <clears throat> the Ultimo hotel is apparently a strange <laughs> Blake checked in and he told me they were like do you know you're checking into Australia's first cosmology themed hotel <laughs> And it's just like, is it though? Like, you saying that isn't enough to make it true. Because as far as I can see, there is no evidence of this being a cosmology themed... Or no, astrology, sorry. Or astronomy. I don't even fucking know, man. Something to do with stars and bright lights and a, a woman with a glass eye is the theme of this hotel. Um, and so far, all of the women I've seen, both eyes, fully functioning. Very disappointing. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just like a normal hotel, man. It's nice. Uh, point of order, there's a... Who <laughs> speaks like that? There's uh, in our room, one room, king-size bed and two king singles. What assortment of people are comfortable sleeping with this sort of arrangement? Like, is this for a family and two kids? If so, parents, not fucking... They'd have to be older parents. Maybe they had their kids when they were in their 30s. Maybe their kids are about 13 and 14. Or 13 and 15. No, those kids would still hate that though. 13 and 11? Uh, close. And then the parents are like in their 50s and they just don't fuck anymore. They just don't think about it. But then, I don't know, that mum would have had that kid pretty late. Maybe one of them has like some sort of defect. Is that that's not fair to say at all? Oh my god, I'm sorry. Why do I fucking say these things? Why do I oh, just stop? The kids are perfectly fine. They're doing very well in school. One of them's a little bit naughty, but if anything, it's just because he's confident, you know. And the other one. He's a bit sad. The 13-year-old's a little bit sad because of the things that happen into his body. He doesn't really understand yet. Uh, he's scared because the other boys at school are talking about things that he hasn't experienced. And he's getting what he's like, is that going to happen for me? Or am I, am I, is there something wrong with me because I haven't done that yet? And they're all like, yeah, fucking how sick is it? And he's just pretending he's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that uh, makes him sad and it's driven him to death metal. Um, it's driven he's listening to Slipknot, he's listening to, he's not listening to the used, but he has heard of them, but he didn't, he, if anything, I don't know, maybe he's like a bit scared of listening to that, because it feels like a commitment, but he is listening to Slipknot, and he bloody loves them, Can anyone, has anyone figured out that this is me, <laughs> that's just me at 13, 
<laughs> what a little bitch. Um, I listened to, yesterday, I listened to this amazing podcast by Russell Hicks, who I haven't, I don't think, spoken about on this podcast yet, or maybe I did last week, who knows, but uh, I <laughs> really don't remember what I've spoken about week to week, but... um. Man, Russell Hicks is a comic who I know from, uh, he's from the States, but he works and lives in um, in London, and he has a podcast called Off The Grid with Russell Hicks, and he did an episode recently with this guy, Lewis Schaefer, who is an American guy, he'd be about 60, he started comedy in 93 in New York, came up with all of the big names from like New York in the 90s, you know, Patrice O'Neill, Bill Burr. Louis C.K., David Tell, Silverman, Marin, everyone, right? But, uh, so he knows all those people, but he obviously never hit, like, any of them because you've not fucking heard of, of his name at all. Um, but he lives in London. He's been living in London for, like, 15 years. And he's pretty... He's known, but he's not famous or even well off at all. And Russell interviewed him, and uh, they clearly both think very highly of each other. I mean, Russell just by the way is like one of my favorite comedians he's incredible he goes on stage and just riffs and makes something happen in the room he has material but he doesn't really do it but it's more about the now experience with it. I don't know, it's just it's fucking incredible comedy i love it um and so and evidently lewis schaefer kind of subscribes to like a similar sort of method of doing comedy but in doing so you trade off reliability right because if people don't know exactly what you're going to do then they don't know for certain that you're going to be good so they're not going to put you on tv because in you know you might fuck it up one time or they don't know what you're going to say you might say something crazy or whatever but they're talking on this podcast and they're like that's what they love about comedy because there's like an element of danger in that you know you're like you don't you literally don't know what's going to happen and that's fucking exciting um, but the craziest thing that wasn't that was interesting but the craziest thing about that podcast was that this guy Lewis Schaefer has for like he's pretty much given up like he's given up on ever having a, a successful career in comedy um, Russell is like you yeah, know but you're doing okay and he's like I'm literally not he says I've got nothing I'm basically back at the bottom no one will book him. He's not working. And he's like, it's like, this is some pretty deep cut comedy reference shit. But if you're familiar with the story of Mark Maron, who does the WTF podcast, he had been doing comedy for about 20 years. He started in the late 80s. And around 2008, he was um, depressed, bitter, had pushed people away. And so he just started interviewing comics in his garage as a last-ditched effort because if he didn't do that, he was going to kill himself because he, w he felt like he'd reached the end of a road with comedy and had no more options left. And he was like, I'm going to kill myself, but before I do that, I'm just going to invite people to my garage and start talking to them and recording it because that's all I know how to do. And, you know, the, as the legend goes, that happened. And then he, he's got this successful podcast now and he's interviewed the president and blah, 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 blah. Um... And listening to Russell Hicks talk to Lewis Schaefer felt like this is this guy is what would have happened to Mark Maron if he never did WTF. And it's it's fucking harrowing, man. Like to hear someone, especially someone who's in the same career as me, and it's this thing that I fucking care about that I I tell myself like 
like comedy is amazing because there's this there's this um like community around it you know like i can go to any city in the world where there's an english speaking comedy scene rock up and i can bet that i'll like know someone or know someone who knows someone and i'll be accepted into this community like you know after fucking half an hour of chat and uh and i love that and it's like a support network you know because we all kind of understand this thing that we're doing and it's like a weird choice of a career to try and make something of of standing in front of people and telling jokes and it's not that viable financially for a lot of people so we're all in this struggle it's just being an artist you know but it's like a specific kind of i I don't know we artists fuck i think i just made myself vomit anyway you tell yourself that there's this uh there's this community and it gives you it like affords you some sort of like security in your life because if you keep doing it and you're and you're like honest in your love for it then the other people who love it too will respect you and and if you keep working hard and you know just fucking going at it there'll always be work for you or there'll always be a place for you at least you know that's the kind of that's how i feel about comedy and that's i I, that gives me security knowing that like that that's the case right and then hearing this guy who was like 60 so i want to read it fucking transcribed quote that i messaged russell this after i heard the podcast um so uh lewis schaefer is talking about how uh russell's like 30 something i think he just turned 35 actually uh his birthday was during the edinburgh french he's one of my housemates in edinburgh and um and uh lewis is going like yeah man you're a young guy you're pretty good looking and so there's options out there for you there's a bit of money in what you do because like what you do like you know some audiences love it and then also you know you're young and good looking but me i'm i was young and good looking i used to be but i'm not anymore you know and uh and he just he he goes uh they're talking about a bunch of other comics who are in similar situations and he goes rick shapiro was once a young guy will franken was once a young guy lewis schaefer was once a young guy you know and then suddenly we're 60 years old and it's just memories. That's that's insane. That's a guy who feels like his life is over. Go and listen to that fucking podcast, man. It was, I don't, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I, it's like the Dave Chappelle special. I don't know if other people like it or if I just like it because I feel like it's about me or a version of me that could exist, you know, but fucking hell man listening to that that was like a sucker punch is that interesting to other people listening to someone who it's like they've given up i don't know that's so interesting to me it's compelling in like a morbid way (sighs) anyway um what (laughs) what else can i talk about uh oh i've done 30 minutes fucking what else? Oh, I went to this sports bar with my friend in London, the Duke of Wellington. It was really nice. I sat down, wrote there for a bit, was meeting my friend for dinner, and then the bartender told me that I, I went up to the bar and I was just like, dude, this place is fucking sick. I, like, got excited about how nice... It had, like, plants and shit everywhere. Um, 
it's just a nice place. And I went up there and I was like, this place is fucking dope. And the guy was like, yeah, it's been closed down in three weeks and turned into a sports bar. And I wrote that in my notes because I felt strongly about it on some level at the time, but I don't care anymore. <laughs> that just felt like a limp dick added on like fucking addition to this podcast, which to be honest, I've had so much fun. I hope you guys have too, man. This has been sick. <laughs> I hope I didn't kill it with that singing at the start, but fuck, that was... I really enjoyed that. Um, if you've enjoyed this, man, tell some people about it. Share it on Facebook or Instagram or wherever you saw it. Rate and subscribe on iTunes and blah, 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 blah. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. This has been Sitting Under a Tree with Aiden Taco Jones. Peace. Do you like low taxes more than tall buildings? Does quality of life sound like an oxymoron? Do you wish work from home was more about home? Then Ohio is for you. Ohio has a business-friendly climate with 0% taxes on corporate income, R&D investments, and goods sold out of state. With a highly skilled and growing workforce, a low cost of living, and a high quality of life, Ohio is better for businesses and employees. Because Ohio isn't built for followers, they're building for leaders. Check out ohioisforleaders.com to learn more.